Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Do you ever look at your favourite celebrity and think, I wonder if we have anything in common? Well, there's at least one thing. No matter who you are, no one knows you better than your mum. I'm Peter Todd. I'm a columnist from Fabulous Magazine, where every week you can hear from the nation's most loved women on everything from fashion and beauty, health and fitness, and pretty much everything in between. I'm also a model and presenter, but my hardest job by far out of all of these is being a mum. Because mums shape who we are. They're there for us when we need them and even when we might not want them to be. So for this series we decided to speak to some well-known incredible women and find out just what makes these female relationships so formative. This is Things I Told My Daughter. This time I'm joined by skincare legend Liz Earle and her daughter Lily. As well as being a busy mum, Liz now runs her own publishing business, Liz Earl Wellbeing, where she works with daughter Lily. You know, to have the opportunity to work with Lily was great as my head of digital. So we do connect very much sort of, you know, on a family level and a work level, which is really nice. Though she's known for her flawless skin and healthy lifestyle, Liz has also had her share of tough times. And she's experienced every mum's worst nightmare when Lily was diagnosed with a debilitating and chronic pain disorder. Even sitting here now, you know, she looks great, but she's in pain. And she handles it so incredibly well and, and has become a real warrior for hidden disability. But despite the hardships, these two are as close as ever. And I was really pleased to get the chance to sit down and find out more about them. This is Things I Told My Daughter with Liz Earle and her daughter Lily. Hello, I'm here with the lovely Liz Earle and her lovely daughter, Lily. Thank you so much for having us. And I mean, when I came in, I sort of crept up on Liz. I was let in and then I, she was like, oh, she's just through there. And I sort of came through and then I was like, oh no, I've come in so quietly. Now I don't know how to say hello without startling you. I was like, you want me to just come down and you're like a rogue person that oh, materialized. Well, you're so welcome, really. And well done on finding, my studios are kind of tucked away. So well done on well, finding us Well done here. on your instructions because <laughs> we, uh, we followed those. But really, thank you so much for, for having us. So... First of all, one of the first things that I just noticed was I don't think I've ever seen such a lovely greeting between like, a, my, if I walked in to meet my mum, I don't think I've ever been met with such warmth as oh. just happened right there. <laughs> oh. and then. No, I was, well, I haven't seen Lil for a few weeks, so it was no, nice to away. reconnect. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. obviously you work with each other as well. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. spend quite a lot of time with each other ordinarily. Yeah, or, we do. We're, we're quite. We're really close, actually. Yeah, I mean, Lil used to be my digital editor when mm-hmm. I, when I started Lizard Wellbeing. Sorry, correction. What? 
Head of digital. Sorry, okay, sorry. Yes. Head <laughs> of digital. Import, that is an important Oh correction. my goodness, yes, she you was. You did promote me. Head of global <laughs> digital. Wow. Okay, okay. Yes. Should, we we say, should we say, and the universe. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, Lil's always been very techy. And so, you know, when I started my publishing business, it, you know, I, I was really focused on the content and my backgrounds in publishing. So that was really easy. But I wasn't so aware of all the, you know, social media. Mm. And in fact, it was Lil who got me podcasting with my podcast in the yeah. very beginning. So, you know, to have the opportunity to work with Lily was great as my head of digital. And then she moved on <laughs> and, and now, you know, runs her own podcasting company, which is great. So and actually does my podcast. So we do still connect very much sort of, you know, on a family level and a work level, which is really nice. Yeah, well, I think you can see where that's working, because clearly you you fit very well together in that. Have, have you always been close from from when you were younger? Or is it sort of come more as you've got older? Probably a combination. I think. Yes, I think, I, I don't know for me as a mother, I mean, I have five children, so Lily's the eldest. Mm-hmm. And I, I enjoy my children even more as they age. You know, it's funny yeah. as a mum, you kind of think when they're little, you know, you're there all the time and there's a tendency to kind of helicopter as a parent and always be around and you're arranging play dates and sewing on name tapes and doing all of that stuff, making yep. packed lunches, you know, and... Then as they get older, I mean, Lil left home, you know, went to uni, then she got married and has her own life. And there's always a thing, I think, as a mom, you think, oh, well, that's it. You know, I'm, I'm not going to be so connected. But actually, I think we're kind of maybe even more connected because as, in my experience, as children get older, you then have more in common with them as an adult, as a human being and mm-hmm. can start doing things together and relating as another person rather than a, as, a, as a child that needs looking after so I think in a way your relationship potentially can get stronger so when you were growing up yeah when did you become aware of the fact that your mum was Lizelle mm. I don't know it's a tricky one because I remember you know as a kid when you were doing daytime tv as an example um and there being you know, cameramen mm-hmm. in our kitchen yeah. and stuff like that. And that being completely normal, mm-hmm. yeah. um, you know, TV crews in the house and stuff. But there was then, the, and then when you went to go and do the beauty company, and I remember kind of going to school, um, going away to boarding school and having the products and my friends thinking that someone had like Mono, like put my name like <laughs> Lily Earl instead of Lizelle yeah. on my skincare products and they were like oh my gosh it's so weird why have you like named your products and I was like no 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 this is like this is my mum's company we yeah. just have very similar names yeah. and, and I remember that so clearly and I remember you would have so- been fuming though if they if you had gone to the FM one <laughs> all of your products and they got it printing wrong them yeah. especially yeah. Oh, no. yeah exactly and there was kind of like a, oh you know and what do your parents do and I was like oh you probably haven't heard of it my, my mum runs her own skincare company and stuff and then it probably wasn't until I was then later in my teens when the company mm. was much bigger so kind of that time when someone asked me if I'd like put my name on my own products, that was like when I was kind of 10, 11. And then it was kind of probably as I got older, I became there were kind of more instances of people recognizing mum or recognizing my name or whatever. And then um, when I went away to uni, 
and I had the products, the number of people and kind of as a young adult leaving uni who'd be like, oh my gosh, I love that stuff. Isn't it so great? Blah, blah, blah. Lizelle's so great. And I'm just like, yeah, she's so great. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what do you say? Do I, like, how do I say? Like, I was at a party the other day and because um, I'm now working in beauty tech and someone was asking, so, oh, so what do you think of like, you know, big companies nowadays, like Mac and Lizelle and stuff? And I was like, oh my gosh, you just use Lizelle in the same sentence as Mac like let me take a second to get my head around that so kind of it's still it's still happening Mm. like it's kind of like unfolding I think Mm. still um I I remember going into a bathroom um one of Lil's friends and I hadn't met her and uh and I and she had you know one of my products as it was then on on the bathroom shelf and I said oh that's my cleanser and she said oh do you use it too and I said no no that, that, that's my cleanser and she kind of looked at me and she said what do you mean I said oh um well I'm I'm Lizelle and, yeah. she, and she like kind of nearly fainted yeah so did the girl at this party who was like well I kind of have to be honest I have a little bit of a bias towards Lizelle products because because she's my mom and she was just completely like oh my gosh, I don't know what to do with that information. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you do do with that. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and it's funny now because, you know, I've the beauty company was sold back in 2010. Mm-hmm. So I don't have any connection with it at all mm. now, but obviously it's still got my name and you know, I walk into stores and I see it. And people will often say, you know, how do you feel about that? How, how do you feel that, you mm. know, you see it and it's out there and it's so well known, but you're not part of it at all. And in a way, it's a bit like being a parent because you you, you give birth to a product or, or a brand. And I think any entrepreneur will kind of be familiar with that. And you, you bring it to life and you nurture it and you grow it. And then, it, you know, you kind of set it on its way. Um, a bit like I've you know done with you Lily you know I've had you and hopefully you know brought you up well and set you on your way and you've now you know you're married you've got a married name and you've got your own home and your own identity so you're still part of me you know I was still part of that creation process but I now see you go and have your own life and develop and grow and I guess you know that's the way I think about the the kind of the the beauty products now you know super proud and to watch it see and grow but but to actually not not be part of it's not actually my life anymore how would you feel if you then you some of those Lizelle products that were there and you'd pick them up and you tried them and you thought, I am not sure about that? If there'd well, been something that, like, would it, that be, must be a really strange. In a way, but I think, you know, brands evolve and develop and things change. Mm-hmm. And, you know, nuances in fashion and technology change all yeah. the time. So there's always an evolutionary process. I think it would be naive to expect everything to just stay static for, for decades. Yeah, I suppose in, in beauty in particular, there's there's constantly a it's a real revolution in in shift. Oh, it's in. extraordinary. I mean, you know, Lily, you know, saying that she's in in beauty tech. You know, when I was starting out in beauty, there was no such thing. Mm. But now it's you know, there's so much going on with gadgets, and you know, Lily works a lot with light and LED and near okay. infrared and yeah. all of these things that I I know nothing about. Mm. I mean, it's it's a kind of it's a completely different landscape. You know, you ask me about plants and herbs and vitamins, and kind of that's my bag. Yeah. But you know, Lily's the kind of the next generation for all these new things, which I think is really exciting. There's always something new, always something fresh. Yeah. Have you ever? Did you ever like rub each other up the wrong way? I can't feel like. Do you ever go like, oh, I'm gonna have to like pull a sickie from work today because <laughs> just don't know. She, she's. Well, do you, do you need me to put my fingers in my ears? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I don't. I don't think so. I think it took us a while to navigate um, working together and being family mm-hmm. and making sure that work didn't creep into family time. Mm. 
um, and talking about things, especially like if we were with my other siblings yeah. who've got nothing to do with work, and then we'd just be like chatting away about work at one end of the table and boring everyone else to tears. Mm. So that took a little bit of um, yeah. We just had to be very very aware yeah. of it that you know that to leave, and I think that's the same with any founder-led brand actually you need to be very careful particularly if you've got other members of the family that it doesn't just take over yeah and I think for me one of the interesting moments or defining moments was in the beginning when we were working together and you know Lil's always called me mom or mummy and we were in a meeting and she referred to me as Liz Mm -hmm. and she said oh Liz you know can you just you know sign this off or whatever Mm -hmm. and and she was always very good at that you know I was Liz at work and then I was mum at home yeah people often ask me about that like is it weird working with your mum? And I think quite quickly I had to learn to distinguish between the two different people. Yeah. That there is a Liz, my boss, and there is a mum who's, like, mummy who's my mum. Yeah. You just um, can't complain about your boss. That's the only problem. Not yeah. to my mum. She mom. can, but not to <laughs> her yeah, Exactly, yes. yeah. So that does, that, you know, there isn't that, like, oh, so how's work going, you know, and stuff like that that all my Yeah, we wouldn't had. have that conversation because no, was... I know exactly how it's going. Yeah. <laughs> so... You obviously mentioned before, like, you have five children. How did you juggle five (laughs) children and the Lizelle empire that was born on the kitchen table? Well, I think, to be fair, um, my children are all very spread out in age. You know, if I'd had five kids, you know, kind of like under 10, I think I'd be, you know, flat on the floor somewhere in a heap. They are spread out. So, you know, there's Lily, who's 30, and then her brother, who's 28. That's from my first marriage. And then there was a 10-year gap. And so they're they're the kind of the the real kind of dynamic duo at at the top, if you like. (laughs) Um, And then by the time I got remarried and had, you know, I had then had two more who were also quite close in age, who are now 20 and 19. And so they're another good duo, by which time, you know, Lily and Guy were much older and were hugely helpful. Yeah. So they were like, you know, almost not quite aunts and uncles, but, you know, like real big sister, big brother, extra pair of hands, yeah. help with everything. Yeah. So that that was hugely helpful. And then... Eight years later, I had um, another um, surprise, uh, and uh, which I thought was going to be the menopause, um, you know, because my period stopped and all that. And it was like, oh, actually, no, I, I remember this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so don't believe them when they say that you can't have a baby late in life because you can. So and then that was an amazing thing for the family because, you know, he came along and, you know, there were four much older brothers and sisters so mm. in a way he was almost like an only child yeah. and he then there were four other people to help so it it was really you know I, I feel kind of bad in saying it but it was you know it was so much easier and I do feel guilty when people say oh we've got five kids how on earth do you manage actually because of the the separation yeah. it has just made it so, so much you, easier so I can slightly um sort of understand where you're coming from that is so my best friend has got four boys she's just had her she's just had her fourth so he's six weeks this week so she's got six weeks three five and six (gasps) wow oh my goodness so obviously I've got four as well but 15 nine six and three so it's a different yes kettle of fish all together so it's not the same thing when I see Mm. her mobilizing everybody and getting up and out and everything together yeah and I just think it would be the same if anyone would be like I get people sometimes on Instagram or whatever and they're like oh but I've only got two and I think yeah, but they've you've got 11 months between them or yes. something yeah. so yeah like my 15 year old who was 16 the beginning of the year like is the most sensible 
sensitive, helpful. He's brilliant. And my nine-year-old thinks she's a mother to yeah. them all anyway. And would even, like, I'd do something, she'd be like, no, mum, but have they not already just had this, that, or yeah. the other? Do, like, do they need another yogurt? Yeah, complete, know? yeah. And I'd be like, oh, thank you. <laughs> I, I think thank I recognise, I think I recognise that girl yeah. <laughs> very yeah, well. <laughs> completely. Did you always know that you wanted to keep that side of you even when you had children and you know I think there's a lot of people that don't get they feel like they have to make a a choice between you know especially if you've got a larger family but keeping that identity that's you and something that you're really passionate about is clearly something that your passion has been tangible because you know your family is a part of all of it was that was always Mm. something which really important to you was keeping that identity of your business and your brand and what you really felt passionate about alongside having a family do you know it wasn't a a, it wasn't a strategy that was kind of mapped out in with some kind of marketing plan it was far more organic Mm -hmm. in the way it grew and I've always been passionate about ways to live well so you know I started my career 35 years ago writing books about wellness and nutrition and mm-hmm. eating well and you know when Lily you know I was pregnant with Lily you know 31 years ago you know the food industry was a very different landscape and so I really wanted to know about how to nurture my body to have you know the healthiest baby and bring up you know the healthiest child and we had issues with the family with eczema and that then led me to you know research herbs and nutrients that would be really good for sensitive skin so it was kind of part of always been part of who I am Mm -hmm. and so it just felt like this really natural progression it wasn't like an extension that was just kind of plugged on the outside yeah and and now, you know, my, I guess my work now has evolved over the years. I mean, when I was younger, I was writing about pregnancy and childbirth and healthy eating for kids and stuff. And now I write about perimenopause mm-hmm. and menopause and aging well and, you know, navigating as we get older, the second half of our lives. So it is very natural for me to do that. And I write about the things that I am personally very interested in and think could be useful for other women to share I think especially now there's been a real shift as someone so I'm 34 and it's only really in the last few years that I've even would have been aware of you know anybody speaking about perimenopause and the menopause and that side of things and it was definitely and like you say it's everything is about and then you know when you're when you're young it's a certain thing and then it's you know for like conceiving and then your pregnancy and then it kind of falls off the edge of, of a cliff Yeah, and then people bit. stop talking about women's Com- health. And, completely. You know, I'd never heard the term perimenopause. I mean, you barely, you know, hear the word menopause. And when I mm. wrote a menopause book, you know, it was only four years ago. And my publishers were a bit cagey about putting the word menopause on the cover. Mm. And they said, well, you know, can we call it kind of aging well or, you know, beauty as you age? And I was like, well, no, because well, it's about yeah, menopause. Well, so yeah. <laughs> it's like the good menopause guide because that's what it is. And to be honest with you, I was a bit nervous about putting it out there because mm-hmm. menopause had such a negative connotation. Yeah. You know, well, you mentioned it, especially working joke, in TV. Like yeah, you, you know, you, you were the kind of the sweaty, you know, mm-hmm. you know, slightly, you know, doolally woman in the corner that, you know, had kind of was past it. Mm. And now you've got all these amazing role models. I'm an ambassador for the menopause charity. And you've got people like Davina McCall and Lorraine Kelly and, you know, Zoe Ball, you know, really inspirational, strong, feisty, attractive, go-getting women. Definitely. And I'm now no longer shy of saying, yeah, we need to talk about this. Completely. And actually, you know, is it one in a hundred women have an early menopause? So, you know, you could be in your 30s. 
and have a menopause. And perimenopause can easily kick in. You can start to lose your hormones in your 30s and early 40s and have symptoms. I mean, I know looking back in my 40s, I used to get really bad headaches and I used to have um, tinnitus and vertigo and all these symptoms which are totally unrelated to hot flushes. I'd, I'd heard about a hot flush, but I hadn't heard about anything else. And UTIs and pelvic infections and cystitis and all this kind of thing all linked to lowering levels of estrogen. And if only somebody had said in my 40s, oh, by the way, you know, it could be that you're lowering your estrogen, maybe you should, you know, get it checked out and you can have a top up and you'll be fine. That would have just saved so much physical pain and kind of mental anguish. Definitely. I think it's definitely something that I I sat on a on a panel for Superdrug and Meg Matthews was mm, there. Lovely and Meg. So Meg was talking about the menopause and I afterwards, I was sat and spoke with Meg for ages and I was mm. like, honestly, have never really heard anyone speak that frankly about it. And yeah. Oh, she's very frank. Yeah. <laughs> frank, I, frank is, I was using frank. Yeah. Is, but yeah, yeah, and it was just like, why? Like we've got to a point now where people are like, we can talk about periods and people yes. are a bit more open about when it comes to like their sex lives or all of those sorts yeah, of things. Postnatal depression, depression and everything else. and all of that stuff that was taboo. But yeah, really. you're definitely still kind of in the dark a little bit on that. So that's definitely something that's... It's, it's just not talked about and, and it's not, we don't realise it. And yet, you know, we talk a lot about babies and postnatal health and all of that, but not every woman's going to have a baby. Mm-mm, yeah. Every woman if she lives long enough, is going to have a menopause. Every woman. Yeah. So it's a non-negotiable. It's not like, oh, well, maybe this will affect me, maybe it yeah. won't. I'll it will affect you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's no opt-out I'll box. I'm sorry. Box. I'm no, right. no, you can't. Yeah. You, keep yeah. that. you know, keep you that have estrogen <laughs> right now. You know, we run on it as women and you will lose it. Yeah. And that will have symptoms. So, you know, it's a non-negotiable. So it's really, really important. They've just actually got it on the curriculum now at school. Okay. Which is That's a really good. positive thing. And yeah. now we need to get it so that it's in the workplace so that every employer has a menopause policy just like you you have maternity policies and paternity policies you know it's like where's your menopause policy you know where's the help and let's get the proper information out there and then you know we can make informed choices as women as to how we want to be helped yeah definitely and I think as parents like having it on the curriculum is definitely that'll help a good place to start Mm. but I feel like that normalizing those conversations about everything from really young so like let's call things by their correct name yeah yes. for a start like oh, Lily's very helpful. good at that yeah so so my ex we were all sitting around having supper the other night and and Lil's brother who oh, yeah. I think was like 17 18 at the time we had this and my ex is a bit squeamish you yeah. know when it comes to kind of body parts and particularly female bodily functions yeah and they were having and so Kit was saying so you know so what so is is that a vagina then and Lily was saying no it's a vulva yeah and, she, and he yeah. was saying well what's the difference between a vagina and a vulva so they were having this, Big this difference. huge yeah. discussion yeah. and and Patrick was saying oh no I we just have to stop this conversation now I just can't cope with it and you got really cross you you said look I'm sorry he needs to know this yeah, yeah. he need, he's you know he's a guy he needs to know the difference and you know you need to kind of call it out how it is because the mm. problem is if you go online you know and you type in the word vagina or vulva or whatever you get a load of porn yeah yeah that's it you know yeah. you, you cannot go you cannot access safe proper information no. and so how else are you supposed to know about these things unless we can talk about it's them? definitely something that I'm very much on with all of the actually we were talking when uh, my friend had just had her baby we'd go around to see the baby and Casper who is three was saying obviously the last time he'd seen her the baby was in her tummy and he was like trying to like get his head around the fact that the baby wasn't in her tummy but obviously so he was like 
asking. And so it's like, it comes out of her tummy. And I was like, no, you, the baby grows in like this. But I said, and then she, the baby comes out. Sometimes the baby comes out from her vagina. And mm. sometimes, sometimes if they need a bit of help, sometimes they come out from this. And he was just like, from the vagina. And I was like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> we'll, yes, we'll go with that. You're yeah. three. You're yeah. getting yeah. like yeah. a yeah. bit of Gina's vagina. Gina's good. Gina. We'll yeah. go yeah. with Gina. for a three-year-old. That's yeah. fine. I've. I feel like I've digressed like a whole world <laughs> around from where I was even going originally. But obviously you just said that you thought you were probably in the menopause and then yeah. you had a surprise baby. Yeah, lovely surprise. How was, was that? Obviously you had, um, as you said, always put a lot of research into, you know, well-being when you were pregnant or mm. whatever else. Like there isn't a great deal out there about, you know, pregnancy later on in, in life. Like nothing... A lot of scaremongering, definitely, so around So much scaremongering. Oh, my goodness. You know, I was actually terrified because by the time, you know, it had been confirmed, I was like kind of 18 weeks. Okay. And, you know, I hadn't been taking my folic acid or my fish oils. It was, we were in the middle of doing the deal to sell the beauty company. So I'd been on transatlantic flights, you know, living late nights and, and cocktails and espressos and, you know, all of that, all of the things that you shouldn't be doing. Yeah. So I was convinced that, you know, it was all going to go badly wrong. Mm-hmm. And actually, you know, out popped this incredibly healthy, bonny, strong, <laughs> yeah. you know, super strong, isn't so he? Strong. You know, yeah. clever, <laughs> capable child. And you know, you ha- it, that really taught me that your body just goes on autopilot. Mm-hmm. It just does it. You just make this child. And, you know, obviously it's helpful to have the really good building blocks. And I've since learned, for example, that I think each child takes something like 5% of the calcium out of your skeleton. They're like little leeches yeah. sucking it all out. So lovely, lovely, it, lovely leeches. little leeches. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. nonetheless. So, you know, I've had five kids. So, you know, my skeleton is down a quarter in, in its strength. Mm-hmm. And gosh, you think back to, you know, pre-contraceptive days when women were having a baby every year, virtually. And obviously there was a lot of child mortality, but it was not uncommon to have nine, 10, 11 pregnancies, you know, which is no wonder women, you know, died so young and the life expectancy, you know, not that long ago was sort of like, you know, 60 and now it's like 81, 82. So it's about, you know, you having that knowledge and then being able to, you know, re-fortify yourself afterwards and try and put some of the goodness back in. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, health and well-being and everything is at the complete core of everything you do. Then that must have been a really, really difficult thing as a family, as well as you as a mum and you as an individual when mm. you were then diagnosed with something that you know, you'd done everything correctly. Yeah, and then yeah. it must have felt, you know, someone kind of pulled the, the rug out from beneath your feet. Yeah, um, I so mean, I just kind of assumed I'd be invincible my whole life. Mm. And then, you know, especially like as a younger person, you know, someone who's like going, you know, referred to a neurologist when you're like 24, 25, it's like, sorry, like this is not, this is not the deal I had with you life or yeah. body, you know, like, sure, we've all like, you know, been students and, you know, lived off pasta and whatever, but it's like, actually... I've given you or like and I've been given by mom like a really good start like kind mm. of how dare you yeah. <laughs> break on me this wasn't part of the deal so yeah no it was really it was really hard so how did days. your the, the diagnosis come mm. about what was the yeah so I've been diagnosed in stages um firstly it was with migraine um and then chronic migraine um that's when I was signed off work and stuff end of 2000 and 18 18 Mm. yeah 
that's when I got really, really poorly, having had migraines and being treated by a neurologist and stuff for a couple of years by that point, but it'd been under control. And then all of a sudden they kind of became out of control. Off the back of that, um, I was diagnosed with mast cell activation syndrome, which is an autoimmune um, condition that affects the way your body produces and processes histamine. Okay. And it turns out that's not just nettle rashes and bee stings. It's like your entire like digestive system, immune system, like huge swathes of functioning in your body. I also am kind of borderline um, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, EDS, um, which is like when it's a connective tissue disorder. Mm -hmm. Um, And then last year, just to top it all off, I started getting cluster headaches, which are like the nasty cousin of migraine. So it's kind of been in stages kind of as each symptom or area or I've been referred to a different specialist or something's come up. The way I was diagnosed with MCAS, the mast cell activation syndrome, was actually through mum's podcast. Okay. Um, We were talking about chronic migraine. You did a a kind of two or three part series with the National Migraine Centre. One of their doctors was on it as well about migraine. And then I was on talking about living with chronic migraine. And I happened to mention on it that I'm allergic to avocado, which is quite a niche allergy, but turns out they're really high in histamine. And then someone emailed the magazine to say I've just listened to this my friend's daughter has just been diagnosed with mast cell activation syndrome here's this great doctor it might be useful for you to check her out wow and um Mm. yeah it was quite extraordinary actually as someone who really actively dislikes and discourages people from giving unsolicited advice to chronically ill um, or disabled people yeah um that piece of unsolicited advice is probably the only place where it's actually been kind of helpful yeah it was extraordinary and it, you know, it just opened up this whole new conversation. I'd never heard of histamine intolerance, which is really common. Yeah. And MCAS, mast cell activation syndrome, which they think is linked to so many kind of undiagnosed pain disorders. People get diagnosed with vague terms like fibromyalgia mm-hmm. and ME and chronic pain syndrome and post-viral fatigue and yeah. you know, even all long, of which long COVID. Been, yeah, all of know. which at some point or another all of those things a doctor has been like oh maybe it's one of these yeah which that's just a catch-all term that they try and give it a name but they don't know how to treat it or what's caused it or and the link with histamine and histamine is such a fundamental part of our immune system and we need it but it can go completely out of control so Lil's now on a very low histamine diet and all the things that you think are healthy like you know I was feeding her endless amounts of avocado and spinach and tomatoes and making green smoothies, making sure she had all her kefir and her fermented foods and her yogurts and kombuchas and sauerkrauts, all of which are incredibly high in histamine, making her worse. Oh my God. So it's been a real yeah. interesting journey and it's, you know, she's still on that journey and it's still hopefully being unraveled. But, you know, I would say to anybody listening who's had an issue with migraine, chronic pain, you know, any of these post-viral kind of long-haul conditions, mm-hmm. check out histamine. You know, you can easily look it up. You can look up, you know, low histamine diets. You can try it for a few weeks, see if that makes a difference to you. And for some people, it, it's completely, it's a complete revelation when they cut histamine-forming mm-hmm. foods out of their diet. And it is becoming more known about, actually, because the first time I'd ever had it mentioned to me was at the National Migraine Centre, because if you get migraine and they become much worse, then... Um, your attacks become much worse, then it could be, a, it's a 
key indicator of um, MCAS. Okay. Um, so it was actually, they kind of, note, at the end of this report that I got from them, it's kind of like the final bullet point at the bottom. Um, and they were like, yeah, you can just, because antihistamines are so safe, like you can either try a low histamine diet or yeah, just take, take, antihistamines. take an antihistamine every day for a month and see if it makes a difference. And if it does make a difference, then, you know, then, you know, it's something that I actually need to go and see a specialist about. But yeah, that must have been really difficult for you as a mum as well to see. I mean, I was I was reading about just how how tough it was for you and just how severe it had got on that the day to day basis. And I can't even imagine a for you what it was like, especially when you just didn't have those answers and you as a mum to not be able to make that better because as a parent you would take your child's pain in an instant oh you know I would give anything to you know change places you know even 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 sitting here now you know she looks great but she's in pain I am yes (laughs) and and she handles it so incredibly well and and has become a real warrior for hidden disability Mm. because not everybody who's sick looks sick you can't tell Mm. And so, you know, that's, that's, you know, something I'm incredibly proud of you for, along with so many things. But I think for me, particularly working in the world of well-being and, and getting used to fixing people and making things better, A, as a mum, but also as a professional, mm. not being able to fix it. I you know I'm really, I'm quite resilient and, you know, I've had to cope with a lot of different stuff over the years. And I like to think that I can fix it. There's always an answer. You know, there's always a solution when that, when things go wrong and things, you know, shit happens. Things do go wrong mm-hmm. and you you then work your way around to find out how to make it better. Mm-hmm. And when you spend years and years not finding the answer, it's, you know, it's incredibly frustrating and um, obviously not, you know, uh, you know, not a thousandth as bad as, 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 as it is for Lily. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you would, you just, you know, every day there's this constant search and there's this constant kind of, oh, maybe that will help. Or I've just heard about this. Or, you know, you need to go and live in a hot sun well, And you can drown in that as well, morning. can't you? Mm. That I've just heard. And like you just touched upon about saying about unsolicited advice. Yeah. Is that's like a slippery slope. Yeah, that the next person to recommend yoga to me is getting a punch. Like public <laughs> service announcement. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Has she tried cutting out caffeine? Yes. yes. Funnily enough. Oh, do you, yeah. Yeah. Do you yeah. know? Do you know what? Yeah. I've been chronically ill for like four years now, but I never thought about caffeine. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, you are a genius. I mean, yeah. I know it's incredibly well intentioned <laughs> and you know, really well meaning. You know, but you have literally tried everything. Yeah. I mean, you will write a book one day on it yes. yeah. um, because you know I'm sure that you know some of what you've tried will help some people along the way yeah and you know whether it's everything from hardcore medication and new drug therapies from the states and injectables and all sorts of strange things Mm. you know cutting edge medicine through to the weird and the wacky and the wonderful and the you know so bizarre but you know you just try it all you try absolutely everything yeah I mean (laughs) it sounds like you're incredibly lucky to a have an amazingly supportive family but oh, your and your lucky. your husband yeah. as well because yeah. it has a massive effect not only your physical well-being your mental well-being your oh, yeah, relationships and, yeah. and everything else I think that's sometimes kind of the side of like an invisible illness that yeah people don't really get it's yeah. not just getting through the day dealing with your pain it's yeah everything the health, else the mental health side of it is really really tough and um 
I'm really lucky in that my GP is brilliant. And at the same time, as things started getting really bad and I was referred to different doctors, I was also referred to a psychologist. And she's been fantastic. And I think I would have been probably in a very different space without having had that mental health support. And so many people who message me on Instagram or, you know, I see online and stuff who don't have that mental health support. I mean, it turns your entire life upside down. And mm. the kind of resilience that you need to get through pain every day just isn't something that, you know, we, like it draws all of your reserves. And so when you're running on empty and you still have to deal with that pain, actually the mental health side of it cannot be underestimated, I don't think. And I also um, think the medical profession, you know, not surprisingly, you know, they, 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 they get so frustrated because they can't help and it's not working and they yeah. want to fix people. They want to make their patients well. Yeah. And so I think there's also a tendency perhaps to withdraw from that and not engage because they just say, well, we've tried everything. You know, we can't help you. Yeah. And, you know, and you can't just leave. I remember when Lily first said that she'd been referred to a psychologist, you know, a few years ago. And I remember thinking, well, what on earth? Why? I mean, you know, do you need therapy? I mean, you know, what, what's kind of going on? You know, is this trauma triggered? And then you said, no, it's to help me cope with the fact that I may live forever with chronic pain. Yeah. And I thought, bloody hell, you know, that that was a really sobering moment to think what you mean, they're not going to fix you then. It's been that's, you know, it's a conversation that I've had to have several times with different people kind of at various stages. And I have a wonderful friend who I do um, some work with. And we always dreamed about setting up, you know, our own company together. Like, first of all, it started kind of like in ethical fashion and um, homeware and stuff like that. And we both had a lot of very similar interests. And we've been working on this, um, on a project together. And I did have to say to, to say to her, like, you need to be aware that if we go into business together, I might never get better. Like these things that are causing difficulties now, like me having to cancel meetings and stuff, they might be here forever. So if you want to go into business with me then you have to kind of go into business with my illness as well like you know you like don't do it on the hope that one day I'll be completely better and everything will be back to normal because there's a very real possibility that I'll never be back to normal like we're making progress we've made amazing progress over the last few years but there's a very high possibility that I'll have to manage this for the rest of my life I think it's the like you say like you're sitting here we're having this conversation Mm -hmm. now but you're in pain Yes. And I think your mum's very aware that you're in pain. Mm. Yeah. And I think you can see, obviously, in the listen. I don't, I don't know you guys very well, but you can, you can see that intuitive side of you, that protective side of you as a mum that kicks in because you know, but also because you are managing it and you, mm. you. This not that you're being false, but you've you've got your game face on your yes. work <laughs> yes. you at the moment yeah That's sure yeah completely that but yeah you know her inside out so you yeah know and I know what it takes is. for her to get it together you know to turn up and do something mm. you know the hours of prep and it, it was actually it was interesting it was during lockdown really so the beginning of lockdown last year um beginning what was it March April 2020 mm. we were living on the farm at the time and Lil and her husband came down and we had all the kids together because we had space for everybody. And I thought, let's just all be together yeah. during this awful time. And 
before that, I'd you know seen Lily a lot in London, and I, I would come up to town and see you for the evening. To me, you'd look fine. I could tell, you know, you weren't you know great, but you you got it got it together. But it was living with you twenty four seven for weeks and weeks, and then you know what turned into months, the daily relentlessness of it, and what it took you to get together. You know, the amount of medication and painkillers that you had to take, and the prep, and the you know two days of sleep beforehand yeah and then the day of sleep or two days of sleep in a darkened room as recovery afterwards after just having a simple supper you know with with family and for me that was that was a real shock because I kind of then got a real insight into your world because obviously we weren't living together you know before Mm -hmm. that and and you hid it very well and you cope with it very well and I think a lot of people who have chronic pain or chronic disability or a hidden illness you know, they, they cope very well and it's very hard, you know, unless you're living with somebody to, to actually get an insight into that. A lot of your mm. energy yeah. is put, it's almost for other people's benefit. Like your sure. brave face yeah. that you put on yeah, yeah, is for the people that love you's benefit. Yes, yeah. That's what I'm yeah. taking from yeah, that's this. That's true, that's true. But sometimes you, sometimes things will happen on my face so like when I'm about to get a really bad migraine attack for example obviously you can see I'm extremely pale but I'll go if you can believe it even paler and I'll kind of go this gray shade and have like huge kind of purple bags and stuff but if I'm you know out having a nice time I don't notice that until the pain kicks it you know Mm -hmm. until I start getting other symptoms about 20 minutes later but you and Harry we will, will be like instantly. straight away be like you need to go to bed yeah you, you need to go and go, you'll go give me that extra 20 minutes that yeah, yeah that otherwise I won't have but you know it's such a life lesson and I wake up every single morning the very first thing I think of when I wake up is thank god I'm not in pain you know because I know that Lily's waking up and opening her eyes and, and is in pain and it kind of it just puts everything else into perspective I found that I've become stronger and uh, and I guess more grateful, mm-hmm. more thankful for everything that I have in my life. And yes, you know, lockdown was tough. You know, business was really tough. Lots of other stuff going on. I got divorced in lockdown. I mean, you know, I mean, lots and lots of bad things going on. But throughout it all, I was able to just hold on to the fact that I could, you know, step out and look at the day and not be in pain. And, you know, that really was was such a positive you know, and I think for anybody listening to this who is going through a difficult time, who isn't in pain, you know, be just so thankful that however bad it gets, you know, at least your body is is functioning and, and not letting you down. It's almost time to say goodbye to Liz and Lily. But before I do, I wanted to find out one more thing. It's time for Mum's the Word. I mean, I feel like you know each other pretty well, so I feel like we might that's, be asking. That's going to be hard, isn't it? I don't know, maybe it isn't. Do you have like a, a fun or a, like a secret that either of you got, you know, like a, a revelation? You'd be like, actually, mum, it was me. That's really hard. That's really, really hard. Yeah. I don't feel like much could get past you either, to be honest. It really can't. It's like very annoying. Sleuth. Yeah, it's yeah. very annoying. And even like everything, all of her senses are so like heightened she's like an eagle with bat hearing and a bloodhound nose like <laughs> nothing she could be like the lead in the next marvel film like, honestly <laughs> honestly if like sniffing out stuff you've done wrong was a superpower she would have it no <laughs> i definitely remember coming home merry we were living in hinden 
Mm. Oh, maybe you don't. Maybe I actually got away with it. <laughs> I don't and thinking this. and thinking that I'd got away with it, and it's always I've always wondered whether or not I did. Yeah, because you would only have been what. 14. Okay. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. I came home drunk one day and I got away with it. <gasps> what had you been drinking? Yes. Yes. Um, beer. Really? Yeah. At my friend's house. Oh, well, I'm shocked. On the one hand, I'm sorry that now you've had to reveal it, but on the other <laughs> hand, you've answered your question that you wanted to know, which was, yeah. yes, you are. Yeah. You got past bat-tearing, eagle-eyed, yeah. bloodhound nose. <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah, I did. Probably meant that I um, thought I could get away with more than I actually could. Yeah. Because <laughs> it didn't last. Yeah. <laughs> True. Wow. Thank you so much. Thank you really for, for your time and for being as open as you were, both of you. It's been a real pleasure. So thank you so much for having us. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Thanks again to Liz and Lily. You can really sense just how close they are and it was a real privilege to speak with both of them. Join me next time for another tell-all fantastic mother and daughter conversation. And don't forget, you can read Fabulous magazine every week in The Sun on Sunday or every day at thesun.co.uk forward slash fabulous. It's packed full of affordable fashion and beauty tips plus even more interviews with our most loved female celebs. Before you go, we'd love it if you could follow the podcast. You can do it via your preferred podcast app and it means that you'll never miss an episode. And we'd love it even more if you could give us a rating and leave us a review. Thanks for listening. I'm Peter Todd and this has been Things I Told My Daughter. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.